Radio, episode 299, on August 16th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are having a uh, beer drinker's delight and listening to Brian and Williams sing Rapper's Delight. This is from uh, Tonight Show. Yeah, you, they, uh, that wasn't Brian Williams laying down the beats. That was uh, some wizard of editing taking all kinds of NBC News footage and blending it and putting yeah. together the lyrics for Rapper's Delight. That was, you got to see the video. It's really funny. It's, it's pretty cool. So, welcome. Today we have uh, five beers. <laughs> we do. There's <laughs> no, th- um, the only threat is they were all donated to us. So. First one. Well, donated. They were okay. There were media samples yeah. sent to us. <laughs> we did not pay for them. All right. So this is uh, Angry Orchard. So this is technically not a beer. This is a hard cider. Uh, Angry Orchard is produced by. Thank you. It's produced by uh, Boston Beer. And like Jeff said, they supplied this beer for us. So let's see here. I'm looking at. I still have to use my. Uh, phone right now for information is going to be a little bit slower than normal. This is their elderflower version. It's a seasonal one. I've never had elderflower. But they say that it has a bright, fruity flavor and reminiscent of lychee, pears, and citrus. I'm only reading those because it's a cider, it's not a beer, mm-hmm. so gives us some idea right. of where to look for. 5% alcohol by volume. It is gluten-free. The color is... Well, it's a really light straw. It kind of looks like a Budweiser might look in the glass, but without, without nearly as much is, carbonation. Is there a touch of blue tint or something to it? Maybe there's a touch of green. Green. I mean, blue. Nothing in nature is really blue. Yeah. I mean, actually, I had a, I had a hard cider just the other day. I had uh, some original sin. Heather had a bottle, and I don't know. She bought it, but she, it, it wasn't the same cider. But it, I, I bought it for her for her birthday. I bought her a six pack of beers and ciders, and um, it wasn't the same cider they gave her. This wicked headache, but the label looked similar. So uh-huh. she, she like she's like, just drink it. I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> not going to get around to it. So I I have a, a cider fresh on my palate, and. Um, yeah, this one you can really smell the difference with the elderflowers, right? And what that difference is is let me get another whiff here. I'm there's a pear, pear. I mean, the pear was on the label, but pear is a is a part of that. There's um, something that's reminiscent of um, clover or something, a little polony in there. Yeah, I kind of feel out of my element here. Mm-hmm. It's doesn't. It's not as expressive as a mead would be, but there's definitely you know there's an mm-hmm. apple stuff coming through. There's no hops, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, yeah, the apple is is there as well, but you can definitely smell you know the the special ingredients in this one. There's a thing that's kind of a little 
the the spiciness or the the you know the acidity in the aroma, which is almost like a spicy aroma from the apples and the elderflower, almost blend together to be a little bit minty or wintergreeny. Um, just just a hint of it, really, nothing too strong. I'm getting a little whiff of something that's reminiscent of a mint or a wintergreen or something like that. I am reminded of. I think this is what lychee is. It said it's kind of a white. Um, it's like the it's like the inside of a root, I think, but it's kind of it's whitish, and the texture is almost uh, like a silky tofu sort of, but it has a sweet flavor. Yeah, I mean, I had it once, um, straight up, you know, just enough where you could taste it, right? And they were, um, I thought they were called lychee nuts, right? Even though they're not. They're not nutty. They're more pulpy, more right. fruity, and um, about the size of a grape. And the texture was not too unlike a peeled grape, right? Um, right. A mixture between... Slightly a, fibrous, but also really like juicy. Yeah, it was really sweet. It had almost... Think of... Um, like a clementine or a really sweet orange, but like you got to take out all the citric acid part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Just take that sweetness and that texture. You get a little bit of that in the, in the lychee. It, it, it was really good. And then I've had them in beers a couple of times. New Belgium did a, did a beer with lychee in it. And um, I think there's another one. I'm drawing a blank. Well, let's go back to this. Yes, yeah, so let's get into it. Hmm. Has a pretty sweet flavor up front. It's um, but that elderberry has it. Elderflower, elderflower makes it turn a little left field mm-hmm. when when you first take it. Well, the sweetness it, doesn't really taste like apple sweetness, right? It tastes right. almost like um, it tastes a little. Uh, and this well, normally when I say it tastes sugary, I would say you know that that might be a bit of a pejorative, but I don't mean it that way this time. It's almost a little bit sugary, or maybe like con- confectioner. Flour, sugar, you know, like um, like a powdered type thing. I'm not you know, sure if I kind I'm, of feels like that. If I'm getting that so much, but it is going in really. It's almost it's almost a little bit like fruit punch. The, the aftertaste is a little fruit punchy, and you know, fruit punch is another one of those things that doesn't really exist right. in nature, but. <laughs> Somehow the combination of right, all those right. flavors turns into something. Yeah, I mean, it does have finish. I would call this a, you know, semi-sweet. They're still pretty sweet, mm-hmm. but there's a there's a touch of drying at the end of the taste, which is helpful. It's really sweet in the middle. Um, not cloyingly. I'm in, I'm enjoying the sweetness of this. This is a pretty good cider. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, I like it. I it's quite drinkable. It's it's. I don't think it's going for... I don't know. I don't want to say that. I mean, we're finding plenty to talk about. So I, don't, I was going to say something along the lines of I don't think they're going for a, a really complex thinker here. But, I mean, there's plenty to talk about. There's yeah. plenty to analyze. So I want to take that back. I was just... Um, generally, if you're making... You know, you you might be like, you know, part of... like I don't, I don't want to say this. Either suspect or skeptical, right? You're... It's a sweet cider from a large company trying mm-hmm. to get, find a large audience, right? And um, it almost 
might at first seem like it's targeted to, at alternative type consumers, right? Because of how sweet it is. But it's also not too sweet and soda poppy right. for beer drinkers and cider likers, right? right. So it's not a I think, Yeah. So I think uh, I think it it plays in both fields, actually, is maybe where I ultimately I'm going to get to here with this this winding thing of uh, of what I'm tasting, right? Because I th- I'm enjoying it. I would I wouldn't mind having a six pack of this around. Um, no, I, th- I think it's and I I think that you could give this to someone who. Like ciders, and they would still like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably give this to alternative alcohol pop drinkers, and I think they'd probably enjoy it somewhat as well. And there's def- definitely enough complexity mm-hmm. to to not bore you with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm digging it. I think it, it has a lot to offer. It's not typical because it's, it's it's not a beer, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it should necessarily be off your plate at all times. They actually have carbon dioxide in here as an ingredient. Hmm. Hard cider, natural flavors, carbon dioxide, maltic acid, and sulfates to preserve the freshness. That's really interesting because I doubt it. Could that possibly be a new label thing, and we're going to start seeing that? Or it's a cider thing? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, oh, it might be because some cider because some ciders don't have. They might fall like kind of under a wine, um, right? Wine rules or something. I don't know. We're kind of speculating now, but yeah, I've never seen carbon dioxide listed as an ingredient on anything. <laughs> I don't even think Pepsi listed does it. No. Well, you know that Pepsi is a soda and it has carbon dioxide in it. You know that beer has some. Some agent in it, nitrogen or yeah, but it's not like still ciders are common, you know. Ciders well, they are because you you can get ciders at you know not still ones, still meaning uncarbonated flat ciders, and like that's sure. common. You get those at like Giant Eagle all the time. Hard cider that's flat. no, not hard cider, but regular cider. Hmm. Okay, maybe maybe that's why. It's also funny how an ingredient is hard cider and not apples and alcohol, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's just a name, right? I mean, that's just... No, no, the ingredients. The first ingredient is hard cider. Oh, really? And the second ingredient is natural flavors, and the third ingredient is carbon dioxide. That's really interesting. Well, for us. Who knows if anyone else listening thinks that's interesting at all. Yes. So, on to our next beer. That was the Angry Orchard Elderflower version. Our next beer is from River Horse. They have sent us a Brewer's Reserve Berliner Weiss. Batch 16. Five, I'm sorry, 4% alcohol by volume. You're starting to see a lot more of these on the market, and I think that it's, it's good, and it's interesting as to why. And I think the reason why is because sour is, is starting to become more and more popular. It's an easy sour to make. And it's a very easy sour to make, exactly. So you don't have to put a whole bunch of nonsense into it. Now, not to be nostalgic or anything, but, I mean, this is a style that was nearly extinct. It was only made in a few places in Berlin as recent as the start of this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, back in 2005, 
there may have been a couple craft brewers starting to dabble with this thing, but it's not always on the shelf everywhere these days, but it it's not at risk for of extinction like right. it was back in 2005. I know Nodding Head was making theirs at that time. And it was like on my wish list of, oh, I can't wait to get the Philly and try right. we, we, the Nine Berliner Weiss. We had, I remember like we heard of it and we were like, wow, I can't wait to try that. And then we heard people would put um, different flavors into it. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, wow, that's so weird. And now <laughs> it's just standard. Yeah, it's a Berliner Weiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, get, I wonder if that's the same thing that happened when Hulgarden came out, you know, when. It, it could be. I mean, yeah, the Belgian white people probably don't realize this but in the 60s it was it was only avail- only in the history books yeah. and Pierre Sellis at Who Garden reinvented it right at least that's a story that I've been told right I've never done my own independent research on it um, but it seems to corroborate and uh, yeah so that, that style was dead dead and you know we brought it back from from extinction so it's always fun to try to hear those like the Kavas is an example of one of those that Sometimes people play around with. Well, goes. Goes, yeah. So that's interesting. Not sure what that is. Going from apple into a sour mash beer is... uh, I think it's better than going, you know... I think this will fit better here than after. No, no, but it's just... It's weird on on the... It's weird on the nose. It just... It's a totally different direction. So for the aroma... You know, for... It doesn't. It smells malty. It doesn't smell like it's flat out lactic and acidic and, and and really sour, right? So it seems like there's a fair amount of of malt to the aroma. It's not straight up wheat. It seems like there's a fair amount of barley aroma coming off of it as well. And and yeah, Berliner Weiss is an all wheat. Like I might have just misled, but you know, it's it's a big component and and, and carries a lot of the flavors right. for. You know, many Berliner Weisses, but this one smells a little more malty. Don't they don't have much information about the um, Brewers Reserve stuff on their site, unfortunately. But they the beer is a golden color. It's moderately hazy. Pours with a very fine head. River Horse is in New Jersey, and so if you're in the area, you can get the Brewers Reserves in their uh, variety packs, or you can get them at the brewery. And those are the only places you can get the Brewers Reserves. Right, so the flavor it, in it, bottles, I should say, it has a, it has a tanginess. Tangy is kind of interesting, right? Because you get a little bit of first, and then kind of malt scrubs it off your tongue, and you taste about malty. You're like, oh, okay, the tangy's gone. I'd like, but then it comes back, you know. Yeah, and you get it a little bit in the back of your tongue on the way down, and it kind of hangs around a little bit. But it's a, it's not as sour as you know some tr- more traditional blender vices. But there's there's some tang there. Let's see what else I can get another sip. Here's something interesting. So I'm trying to th- figure out what that taste is because it's not lemon, but it's something sweet with a, with a bit of an, a sour, there's a bit of a tanginess to it. Um, the thing that came to mind was jelly donut. Hmm. I was actually thinking something like a plantain or something like that. Yeah, because the plantain fits because it, it's it's a little dry, mm-hmm. yeah. but I'm just thinking of 
the feeling of when you have, you know, you swallow the jelly donut and sort of the, the remnant of it is in your mouth. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of the... The regret. The regrets. In the <laughs> there's a little bit of, you know, the, the sweetness and mm-hmm. the breadiness. And then there's also the tang of mm-hmm. the jelly. Right. And it all kind of mixes together. And it tastes sort of like it, it's in the same ballpark as the taste you're getting at the end of this. Yeah, the uh, the tang on this is is interesting because it kind of sneaks up on you, like you you, you don't get it right up front, right? And it doesn't, you don't get it straight at the end, but it kind of it almost like fades in, you know, <laughs> like instead of something fading out, it's almost like it fades in. Well, like beer's gone, and kind of you get a little, and you get this little someone turning up the volume on the tang a little bit, and then it goes away. Yeah, it starts with this like. It starts with this rolling wheat punch, mm-hmm. and they could rolls and rolls and rolls, gets bigger and bigger. Then it kind of gives you a big like push. Then it goes away, and that's when the tang starts to come in. So it's like wheat, and then the wheat hits you fully, and then as it's going away, what's left mm-hmm. is filled in. <laughs> Trying to make all these gestures to explain yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's filled in like by. The tang. I don't know. I just took a sip, and you know, as I was breathing in over the beer, as the beer was pouring in, right, I got a really strong uh, feel, like you had suggested about the jelly donut. Like it's kind of like when you're pulling it up to your mouth and doing the same kind of thing. When you first take the bite before you really get into it, you get some of that yeastiness, and and you know, there's probably some flour, you know, some powdered sugar mm-hmm. on there, or something like that. You know, you're getting those kinds of essences uh, off of this beer. Never thought I would describe a Berliner Weiss <laughs> as a jelly donut, but this is definitely better than uh, the jelly donut or whatever donut beer I had from <laughs> Rogue. So we could uh, we could break out the. There's one in there. It's the, uh, right. the pretzel raspberry chocolate one. So Heather's not going to have that. I don't know. She buys them, but she never drinks them, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd try it. I mean, hey, maybe that's better than, yeah. than the other one, the maple. Well, we've had two, right? We've had the maple bacon and we've had the peanut butter banana. I only remember having one. The one we had most recently was the peanut butter banana. Okay, so maybe we have had two. I remember buying one at VE. Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway, we we are nursing this beer. So that's, but we are drinking, We mm-hmm. that's an example that we really like something when we are just taking our time and absorbing it. Yeah, it's good. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Berliner Weiss, but uh, it's a good drinker. It has the maltiness, so if you if you think, if you're scared of Berliner Weisses, you think they're a little too tangy. Like, this one is one that doesn't need syrup, right? Um, yeah. I'd be surprised if there would be, you know, like I don't I don't know River Horse personally, right? I'd never been there, but you imagine if they had a bar, right? You know, I I would be surprised if they had the Woodruff and the raspberry to, to add to this thing. It just doesn't seem like... It seems like this beer has the sweeteners pre-added to it, right? There's Do you a, see that often? I mean, I haven't been to many places that have Berliner Weisses on tap, but... Do they, they have they usually syrups have the, with them? Yeah, they usually have the syrups, huh. yeah. And I usually have to order them, you know, no syrup. <laughs> just to be safe, right? Because, um, I don't know. I just like, you know, sourhead, right? I just like like them straight up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Nodding Head has the syrups when they have it on tap. When Penn did their blender rice for beer week, they had the syrups available. I'd like to try it with syrup and without. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's next, the Mad River? Yeah, I think before we go into the stouts, we'll do the uh, IPA here. Okay. This is the Sunset India Pale Ale. Mad River Brewing makes this is their Jamaica line. They provided us with the Sunset Sunset India Pale Ale, which is seven percent alcohol by volume, sixty-seven point six IBUs. And the bittering hops we use are Chinook, the flavor hops Columbus and Cascade, Finnish with Cascade and Willamette, dry hopped then with Cascade and Amarillo. And it's bottle conditioned, or yours is a lot cloudier than mine. Let's do a, we'll do a pre-mix here. All right. The malts that were used are Two Row Pale, Karsten 3037, Crystal 7080, and Wheat. Interesting, nice combination of different malts. Ooh, I like the smell of that. Yep. Now we're getting to beer. Now we're <laughs> I mean, getting stuff. I mean, yeah, we're getting to f- uh, flavors that you're, you know. You well know, used to, yeah. Yeah, your home field type flavors now instead of, you know, even the Blender Vice was, you know, not, more rare, right? The not, not normal flavors you get all the time. Yeah, the so, first thing you smell is, is tops. It's mm-hmm. big and hoppy. With a lot of... Uh, a lot of difference in there, so mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's a predominant flavor. You said they use chinook, right? They use chinook in the bittering, right? Okay. And what was the aroma? Willamette? So um, the fin- it was finished with Cascade and Willamette, then dry hopped with Cascade and Amarillo. Okay. So Amarillo, you know, that can be a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. Can be a little cat pee at times. It can right? be. Now I'm not smelling cat pee, but I am smelling. Something that's a little more dank, right? I'm not, dank's not the perfect word, but it's it's in the ballpark. Let me. Yeah, cat pee isn't the perfect word either. We yeah, haven't no, really no. come well, up. No, with this the one, this word. one, this one's not cat pee. It's we should make just... up a word. We should just splugolaggy. <laughs> well, let's make it a simpler word. Oh, okay. Let's call it. Uh, um... See now, <laughs> all the words have been invented already, man. <laughs> let's call it doored. Doored. <laughs> Because <laughs> that actually is a funny story behind Dord. Dord used to be was a word for eight years. Okay. In the Oxford English, this is going a little off topic, but in the Oxford English Dictionary, in like in the eighteen hundreds, they had D or D because they were having a capital D or a lowercase D, okay. and the thing was a description of you know a physical constant representing density. But mm-hmm. there was a mix-up, and the guy thought it was one word, D-O-O-R-D. Oh. <laughs> so Dord was in the dictionary until they realized what it was. So this is this aroma is Dord. Is Dord. But unfortunately, we also have to define what Dord smells like in other right. words. So it doesn't help at all. Well, no, we can say it's that aroma that is slightly... That aroma and taste that is reminiscent of... Both cat pee and dank, with what, without being either one. <laughs> it sounds like more work. Until <laughs> we get it put back in the OED. Once it's back in the OED, we can just say yeah, RTFM. I mean, I I want to bring the word back. Is basically what I'm saying. 
All right. Yeah, smelling it. I mean, there's you really can't smell anything specific about the malt or anything on this one. You're just getting that hops, and you're getting mostly the doored aroma. You are getting a little bit something that I, I'm trying to pin on Cascade, right? But I really can't tell. It's got a lot going on. I'll give it that much. There's really uh, a shifty note to the hops. You can't tell that it's. it feels like a driver on the road constantly swerving back and forth. You're not sure what the heck is going on, but there is this overall kind of floral character. This kind of You know what's funny when I drink this? It feels like a like a classic. Like because it's not using mosaic and mm-hmm. and um motuika and you know those those nutty new citra and those kinds of hops, mm-hmm. right? It's using mostly old school hops. And then some Amarillo, which is one of the older experimental ones that have right. made the stage, right? So this one almost feels like going back in time and drinking IPA, <laughs> you know? It just just somewhat, right? Because it, it's, it just tastes like a formulation from another, uh, you know, from years ago. Um, the malt has... I almost wouldn't be surprised... <laughs> it didn't say rye, but I almost wouldn't be surprised if there was... If, if, you told me there was rye because it has a bit of a spiciness to it, but there's the malt is kind of a Texas toast variety, I suppose. Toasted hot dog bun. I'm trying to bring up. Yeah, I mean, you definitely do get malt in the flavor. You know, it's seven um, percent. It's it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, they're pumping a lot of malt here to counter the the aggressive hopping. It has a, it has a good balance between the malt yeah. and the hopping as well. Um, yeah, how would I characterize that flavor? It's kind of... Let me take another sip here. Hmm. <laughs> that sip was just, uh... That, the, the IBUs just jumped on my tongue mm. and started scratching at it. That's all that sip gave me. It, it, it was a really bitter sip. Really hoppy sip. Actually, I was looking for malt and I couldn't taste any of it. That sip. I'm gonna stick with my guns and say like a toasted hot dog bun because I think it's okay. a, it's a little bit of a sweeter bread that isn't uh, totally out there. It's not. It's, it's not like a French bread. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, it's not like a muffin or a biscuit. I think you said this one was like 60 IBUs. 60. 67.6 I believe it, it it's really yes. hanging on my tongue it feels a lot more bitter than that you think so I do for me huh. it's really really hanging on my tongue after the last couple of sips well it just goes to show you that IBU is mm-hmm. kind of a meaningless number <laughs> I mean it means something but when you get relatively high when you get up to 50 and above you're starting to hit a point where you're, you're, it's getting to areas where it's hard to yeah, yeah. make a difference. Your rate of return is low. Right. But the beer we made last week was <laughs> like 120 IBUs, man. Who knows what that thing is? <laughs> it's probably about 60. <laughs> but if you use the calculator, which you know, kind of goes linearly, it doesn't need to count for hitting the ceiling, so... 
talked in the pre-show, uh, we'll talk about briefly here. Jeff brewed, Jeff brewed beer for the first time in over a year. And, um, uh, what, what made me do that was it was hop harvest time. So Greg and I, Greg came up, it was, uh, after Max's birthday party and we, uh, cut down the hops, pick the hops. We, I think we picked the hops in like record time. It must've been an hour and a half or so. We, we, uh, we tore through it. Um, where usually we take our time and drink beers and yeah. BS, right? We do a, a post-show or an extra that night. Um, but I didn't want to dry and package these hops. I'm like, well, drying's fine. It's the packaging part. And it, I, I typically like to vacuum seal. Like when I do it, I vacuum seal them in one or two ounce bags mm-hmm. and put them in the freezer. And that just takes too long. So I'm like, you know what? Got some time. Got some ingredients in the pantry. Let's do a harvest ale, right? And uh, so we we did a formulation, made a beer, turned into a very late night. Uh, you know, yeah. This is my first all grain, first brewing session in over a year. You forget about your time saving optimizations, and um, everything turned out pretty good. We'll see. Uh, we used one, two, three, four, five, almost five pounds of hops of wet hops mm-hmm. in a ten gallon batch. Um, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, but like I said, I didn't... And we went with a 90-minute boil. Right. We did mash hops, we did first four hops, we used them <laughs> everywhere we could. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It smells smells pretty good, actually, but uh, we'll see. I, I suspect that with that much vegetative matter in the brew kettle, it's going to taste a bit chlorophyll-y. It right. more like a bag of long clippings or something like that. But you never know until you try. And it was it was a lot of fun. I recommend it for anybody. Well, I kind of realized how much I missed not brew- miss brewing, so it, it's going to be much less than another year before I make another batch. Actually, Heather's like, I want you to make me a stout, so because that'll be the next thing we do. Okay. All right. What do we do? Well, we'll talk about that in the post show. <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So for the next beer, you got the stats here. Which one would you do next? Well... So this is 6.5. This one is 4.2. Wow. Oh, okay, I guess we're doing that one. <laughs> That's pretty low. Stoned Coffee Milk Stout. Make sure you get a good rinse on your glass. Get all those IBUs Oh, good idea. Yeah, so Stone sent us this the other day. And this is um, a new line, a new beer for them. It was developed by one of their brewers. And, uh, you know, the marketing collateral said he was stoked to have his beer put out nationally, whatnot. So, yeah, Stone Coffee Milk Stout. A uh, bittersweet, creamy coffee lace stout. 40 IBUs, 4.2% alcohol by volume. And let's see, it has the it has milk sugar in it, so that's how they get their <clears throat> lactic blast. Pours a very dark. Yeah, milk stouts are almost always opaque. Right? Yeah, you uh, can't see the milk that. sugars. Uh, really, block out the light. There's there's really no no highlights. It's just black. The but it's not like a motor oil because it doesn't have a sort of a viscosity to it. I also see a particle in here of something. You have a glob? 
I think so. Oh, yeah. It's like a little baby tooth. <laughs> little brown baby tooth. No, a, a brown tooth, not a, not a tooth from a brown baby. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, I didn't expect that. Okay. Let's see. I don't know if I want to have this or not. Oh, it's hard. Huh. It's like a seed or something. Oh, it's yeast. Oh, it's just yeast? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was in a little ball. It smells like coffee. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just yeast. It's bottle, bottle condition. Is it? I, there's not much sediment in the bottom oh, of the Oh, really? Bottle. It looked like there was. Oh, wait, there's something. That's on the outside. That's on the outside, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Dona? All right, so the aroma on this one, there's no mistaking. It's a coffee stout. Mm-hmm. Coffee aroma. Something. There's something about the coffee aroma that's my subconscious is like, hey, hey, over here, this is what it is. But I can't, I can't place it. It's um, it doesn't smell like work coffee. I'll give it that. Yeah. Smells a little, almost a little more tea-like than co- than normal coffees. There's a little bit of woodiness there, a little bit mm-hmm. of some... Yeah, I think the woodiness is kind of kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, still trying to place that whole fleeting memory thing that I had going on, but... Excuse wow. me. I was trying to do that off mic. I leaned away and everything. It was a lot longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> I apologize. We get gassy sometimes on the show. Okay, well. Yeah, the aroma is mostly coffee. You get some other stout aromas there, but the coffee leads. Um, the milk part really doesn't show up in the aroma, right? I mean, sometimes if you do just straight up milk stout, right, it has a more sweeter smell. Right. You're not really getting anything that you would expect from right. from a straight up milk stout. The coffee's, um, you know, dominating the, that part of the aroma. Like the one we're used to, I guess, is Lancaster around here, but there's also... Maccasins. Maccasins, yeah. That's the triple X, yeah. yeah. Now it tastes like a milk stout. It definitely mm. has that taste. And it has a lot of body for four point two. It's really or it's or it's fooling mm-hmm. my mouth into thinking there's well, I mean body that's kinda what the milk stout can do, right. right? Just give you a body. So making a session milk stout. Kind of a good idea, right? You're gonna get some body out of it. Carbonation's pretty high on this. Yes. I think I'm gonna work on um, working some of that out. It seemed like it was a little too fizzy, you know, for my preference. Well, while you're working it out, we can tell everybody about how to support Craft Beer Radio. Because we know you want to, but you don't want it that much. So the best way to do it is to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon whenever you want to buy anything. And I, we mean anything. Anything. If you want to buy craft singles... Before you go to the grocery store, check Amazon and see if they have them. You might be surprised. <laughs> if you want to buy 
adult pleasure items. They're on Amazon. They're there. So anytime you want to buy something, check out craftbeerready.com slash Amazon before you shop elsewhere. That's it. Thank you. Cost you nothing more. Amazon. We get a cut of what Amazon would normally take. And uh, you, it's a great way to support the podcast because it's money you're going to spend anyway. Do, 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 do. All right. So back to the beer. Stones Coffee Milk Stout. It's so, interesting that they say ale brewed with roasted coffee beans. Of course they're roasted. I mean, you don't put <laughs> unroasted green, green coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting, though. Someone would do it sometime, I'm sure. Is that is that possible? I don't know. It, isn't I'm, that like poisonous? I, I don't. I don't know. Could it be? I don't know. I think it would be way too bitter or something like that. I, I have no idea. I. I've never held an unroasted coffee bean or seen one with my eyes, so I don't know. Mm. That's one of those weird things, like the cocoa bean. Like, you know, people had to... One interesting thing about this beer, I'm doing the whole tilt the snifter and uh-huh. turn it to get the aroma. It's remarkably unviscous. Like, yeah. it's like almost like not coating the glass it's almost like a um it's almost hydrophobic or something (laughs) that would be a good thing if beers were hydrophobic because then you'd be sure to get every bit into your mouth (laughs) it would come right out of the glass actually i guess that would have to be a glass feature right Mm. hydrophobically coating the glasses i wonder if you i wonder if if you could do that in a way that wouldn't we, make it we toxic. Gotta, so now I'm going to have to file that patent before I release this episode. <laughs> Damn it. But you put Rain-X inside your... <laughs> no, they make things like gaskets for food-safe stuff that are hydrophobic. Oh. The the Better Bottle has a hydrophobic gasket on it. So. Huh. Okay, so it, so it is possible. Now is it possible to put it on something clear? I don't know. Like I said, we got to file the patent before we release this episode <laughs> now. Sorry for the wait. Episode 299 <laughs> will come out in 2018 when all the patent lawyers have said we're done. Yeah, so we're going to have our uh, Craft Beer Radio lawyers take a look at this one. <laughs> uh, it's been a very good year for Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's been. I, I'm, I'm liking this a lot. This is really good, drinkable. It's sessionable. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of interesting... But it's it, it's not... I mean, it's not like giving us tons of things to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's tasty. It's it is tasty. Um, I worked out some of the carbonation, so I'm happier now. You know, it has a fuller body now. It's not as fizzy, and, and it was almost a bit, you know, the carbonic acid was really fizzy, a little bit tart. And um, I worked some of that out. The beer is much more creamy now. I'm enjoying that. The... Um, you know, in the aroma, we were talking about how the coffee was dominating. In the flavor, the coffee doesn't dominate. Yeah. The coffee just kind of plays plays a role. But, you know, so does the lactose and so does the stout flavor. So does the hops. I mean, it, it, it's it's a bittering role, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's it's to take those milk sugar things and, and mm-hmm. keep them from Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it, right? Because, yeah, all the, even though 
lactose is not a sweet sugar. It does add sweetness to the beer. Right. And coffee is a bitter thing. So it's going to balance that or, you know, counteract that. So. Hmm. It does have a bit of, uh, you know, cream coffee, cream coffee type thing, you know, a bit of a mocha thing going on or something like that. Yeah, a little bit. It's been a long time since I've done cream and coffee. I, mm-hmm. I just, I've gotten used to black coffee and that's all I drink now. Right. So, so I really have to like think back, you know, what was the last time I right. had one? I, I almost, I almost feel like cream and coffee now is like a soda to me. It's like <laughs> Just putting extra sugar mm-hmm. in something doesn't need it. Right. Well, that works. Mm-hmm. And on to our next stout, which is uh, sent to us from Boston Beer Company. But it wasn't just Samuel Adams. This was also Ricoli Brewing Company. Now, this is part of the... Oh, dang it. <laughs> He lost his tab. So I'll, while tab. he's pulling his tab back, I will talk. When we were out at the GABF and we were covering the Sam Adams Longshot competition, they added a new facet to it this year. And they call it um, Brewing the American Dream. Right. And it's kind of an entrepreneurial program for small breweries. Uh, so you could enter into this competition. And it wasn't really... Uh, wasn't judging your beer or anything like that, but it was more of a, a merit-based thing, right? It's Boston Beer would look at the entrance, look at their applications, and they would pick someone to kind of mentor, sort give, of internship them, of sorts. give them some business training. And so the brewery Ricoli, and they're out of Colorado. I forget where exactly in Colorado. I'm great. I can look that up. Uh, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. It's actually on the label here. The label is just an Avery label. Um, it does have the Surgeon General's warning on it, but uh, there's no... Well, there's a couple of trademarks on it, but it, most of it's just the facts, ma'am. Yeah. It's a sample bottle. It's yeah, not, sample not a resale bottle. bottle. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Ricoli won, and I remember we, we interviewed um, the guy. I think his name was Rick. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, Rick Abitaw. Ricoli is a play on Spicoli, which was... Um, Fast Times. Fast Times, right. And their logo is like... Uh, well... They have, they have two things that are part of the logo. Here, their official logo is something that's almost ripping off Rockstar Games. Yeah. Um, an R with a star on it. <laughs> the, the star is in a different place. Um, but then they also have like 80s style red sunglasses as part of their logo as well. Logos aren't important. But you said this beer uses uh, oat rye malt. Oat and rye malt. Right. They do gluten-reduced beers at Ricoli. So this is flaked rye, oat malt, and golden naked oats. They're used in the 6.5% stout. Can't find much more information on it without combing through a bunch of press releases. The um, Ricoli's a really small brewery. If I remember right, when we interviewed him, you know, he's nano. Right. Uh, I believe he still had a day job. Uh, so he was really stoked to um, to win this entrepreneurial thing. So I hope... I hope he learned a lot of great stuff. I mean, I'm sure Boston Beer has their business side of the, you know, I mean, they have every they have the beer side down. I'm sure they got their business mm-hmm. side down as well, right? But they've been, they've been almost, I mean, as, as good a steward as one probably could be in a competitive industry. Because mm-hmm. they've helped in situations where they didn't have to. 
and they put in the There's time. Times they sold the hop. Remember during the hop shortage, yep, you could buy hops back from them. So yeah, at I, cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they've been they've been good promoters and uh, of of craft beer in general, not just of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So this is oats, magoats, oat malt rye stout. So. Another one that's just dark. There's a little bit of brown highlights on the edge if you hold up to the mm-hmm. light, but it's really dark. It has a more, a longer lasting head than the last one did. This one has a really interesting aroma. It's a bit atypical for for stouts. I mean, it's not too far out, but it reminds me something a little more molassesy like that, or maybe a little bit of um, no, not buckwheat. I don't, I don't want to go that way. Um, there's something a little bit molassesy, and it also reminds me of some of those more whiny or raisiny type stouts, right? Something like uh, Anchor Porter, or um... yeah, I definitely I'm with you on the you know, the slight astringency that mm-hmm. that you know is is yeah more porterish than stoutish. Yeah. Well, like Anchor has that raisiny, you know, like whiny raisiny type flavor, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, other ones. I'm trying to think of another example right now. Maybe like a Lion. No. Yeah, maybe Lion Stout. It's been a long time since I've had that one. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it smells fascinating. It smells, you know, makes me want to really dig into it some more. And it's something you can really examine the aroma. It's it's not just smelling like carbonation in beer, you know. There's other things that are you're smelling there. I'm having a little harder time than you are picking out aromas, so... There's, there's something else. I, want. I mean, you can take the sip if you want. I'm going to work no, on this right. aroma a little bit more. I just want to see what the uh, temperature is. 64. Yeah, there's... um. It's funny, you know, I know it's a rye stout, but if I was smelling this with no information, I would think that they had some wheat in here. You know, I was thinking it's a little more of a, a subtle wheat aroma. But, you know, maybe that is one and the same. Well... I'd say um, flaked rye oat malt, golden egg. Yeah, wheat has a lot of gluten in it, right? So yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't make sense for that point of view. I, you know, I'm not really sure. I've really encountered malted oats either. Right, because normally they just flaked. I've and... had flaked oats, jot, you know, the jotinized, right? But but not malted. You know, where you. That would that would mean that they start to germinate, right? So they would turn some of those starches, or some of the um, they'd still be starches, right? But they would be uh, shorter chains, right? They'd be more ready, for, you know, because you're, you're breaking because they're, the, they're turning into sugars, yeah. turning back into sugars. Well, yeah, it's breaking it down, right? Because before it's right. malted, it's really right. uh, it's it's you know the, the great, starches are, are starches are long. Sugar grains, essentially. They're, they're long chains that are just sugars. And when you mold it, it breaks that down, yeah. right? And, but it's still not sugar. That's what mashing does, right? But it does, makes it shorter. And, you know, the grains are a lot softer. Like, an unmalted barley, an unmalted, unroasted barley is really hard, right? Like, and then when you malt it, they're, you, you can eat them, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're softer, things like that, so... Hmm. Yeah, I love the aroma on this one. It's really reminding me of of, of um, 
of some of those you know, stouts I mentioned earlier. Well, there are definitely oats in it. Okay. <laughs> it's slick. Yeah. It has that kind of oat, that uh, oaty mm, gooiness. Mm-hmm. It really covers the palate. It covers your entire mouth. It coats it with a with just a slight kind of stickiness. That's interesting. I'm trying to figure out how to describe flavor. So you you get some roast, right? You get you get the roast. There's the, a little like Hershey's chocolate in there, and a tiny bit of coffee, but it's a little on the sweet side compared to the other ones. I think mm-hmm. uh, I don't really get much in the of the hops there. To counteract some of that oversweet, some of that stuff that tastes a little oversweet to me. Yeah, it has a has a good sweetness to it. It's um, so it does remind me a little bit more of um, almost like a foreign export stout, right? Like a little bit sweeter, a little bit you know, good body on it. Um, what is the ABV? Six and a half. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, the oats are going to give it a pretty full body. Yeah, right. Uh, per per unit of alcohol. Uh, so it has a nice, nice full body on it. It has a little bit of a. Let me take another sip. See if I can figure out what I want. To... It, it's oddly sweeter than the milk stout. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's interesting. I I'm not sure that uh, it lives up to the rest of these beers unfortunately not to say that it isn't that it's terrible it's a bad beer it's just I think it's 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 a little oversweet for me okay I mean for me I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out where where in like the general beer landscape like what it is what it isn't because it's so different from yeah you, you know many stouts that, that we've had I'm just trying to kind of say, yeah, it's similar to this. It's different from that, and, and go through it some more. It, it's it, it is oaty, but it's also very different from how oats are normally used, right? right because, because it's it, not it's not nearly as slimy as as most oat stouts. What what I think is happening here is it doesn't have that it, it doesn't have that barley backbone. So, mm-hmm. well, actually, the first sip I took, it it almost tasted like other. Low gluten beers, just slightly, but it doesn't have sorghum in it. But it almost right. had something had a flavor that was very similar to the sorghum based beer. You know, there's something I don't notice it after the first couple sips. Actually, I drank one of those Raspberry New Planets last night. So again, mm-hmm. palate drift, right? You know, but you know, I also had means I've tasted a sorghum beer um, recently. And the very first sip, it reminded me of, yeah, it's kind of like that, but sorghum's not an ingredient in the spirit as far as we know. Right. And after the first sip, I really don't notice that that gluten-free twang, right. if you will, anymore. Um, but I was curious that I really tasted a similar flavor out of two different grains. Maybe it's a, a lack of barley flavor or something like that, you know, where... It's a, where the yeast that we normally normally add something to it with barley that it doesn't add. We have a new brewer here in Pittsburgh that does gluten-free beers. 
um, Aerox Brewing Company. They're on Emsworth. Um, do all gluten-free stuff. They use it. They I use wonder a, they how long use, this... They use... Um, what's their main grain? Spelt. I think spelt is what they mainly use. Okay. I... I don't want to say this for sure. I, I, I read something that suggested that um, while there certainly are studies people who suffer from celiac disease, the the stuff about people being gluten sensitive was over hyped or, or the study was discredited in some sense. So that gluten free is a little bit of, of a fad thing that may or may not stick around depending on whether it's absolutely necessary. Oh no, they use uh, millet and quinoa. Okay, are their two main green grains that they use in their beers? Yeah, it's. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. I think it's Aurochs, A U R O C H S. Their logo is a bull, so maybe that's a name for a bull in some other language or something. Um, they have an amber ale, uh, a white ale, and an amber ale. <laughs> so it looks like they have two beers. Uh, I they've been. Uh, Apparently, sell, I mean, they're a small brewery. Probably don't have a lot of beer in reserve. Sounds like they sold most of what they had when they opened uh, last or two weeks ago. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying theirs, especially if they're making, you know, a delicious beer, right? I don't care if it's gluten-free or not, but if they're making a yeah. delicious beer with the... Well, I am interested if they can make a delicious beer without barley, right? That's what I'm interested in. Sure. I mean, that, that's and, definitely... But, but so... This was a uh, study that that basically overturned another study um, that it's evidence that non-celiac gluten sensitivity doesn't actually exist. That apparently they were studying uh, a, a the wrong population for it to be for the study to actually work right. So uh, they had subjects. Uh, basically, they did a blind, you know, double blind study, and, and subjects were reporting worsening gastro intestinal systems no matter what your diet they consumed okay so they were told you know they all had gluten but not some had no gluten they were still reporting it so that uh that suggests that this is a nocebo effect okay so that means that this could go the way of other fads that have come and gone interesting all right so it's time to get our ranking underway did you want to try the the donut one not really do that for later. Okay. Ranking, ranking, ranking. Let's see. So I got my little uh, flashcards here. Helps me remember what I liked best. Um, and what do you remember about that? Remember about what? What you liked best. What I liked best. Let's see. So let's start from the end. And I feel like I got some hard luck losers going on tonight. Um, I like all the beers. They were all pretty interesting um that's where it gets tough right there i'm sorry um i I haven't started talking yet because i want to make sure i didn't have to because like the bottom three are really tight top two i'm pretty certain i know what i like there Uh, okay so i am at the the bottom of the rankings i'm sorry for dragging this out i'm having a hard time the beers were all pretty good um shoot yeah, I think I'm going to put the Mad River in, in last place tonight. Uh, it, 
I, I liked it where, like for a couple of things, I liked where it took me back in time and it was kind of a classic formulation for an IPA. Something I remember tasting back in, you know, the mid 2000s, you know, in the sure. mid 2000s. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I enjoyed it for that. Uh, the main reason, the main knock is that when the bitterness started raking my tongue and all I could taste was bitter, 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 you know, it seemed like it could have done a better job not doing that and giving me right. more, more hot flavor, more malt, things like that. So that was the biggest knock against it. Um, I think in fourth place, I'm going to put the Berliner Weiss from, from River Horse. Um I'm a sour head, you know, if it's called Berliner Weiss, I really would like something a little more traditional, a little more tangy out of the gates. Um, but it's a good beer. There, I have no real complaints about it other than it, it's just not to my preference, right? Mm -hmm. It had, um, I can see where, you know, a brewer may want to do something where they add a little more sweetness to it, right, to balance it out. So it's not a sour beer in a bottle that they can't really control the serving of, right? right? So I can kind of see where it's a little bit more of a mass market for Liner Vice. I, li I, I like it. I like them neat, right? I like them, you know, the way they originally come. Mm -hmm. And now, what do I do? This is this is a tough one. It I'm, is. I'm having a hard time figuring out where where things should go. I, I almost want to hate myself for what I think I'm going to do. You know, I might get some hate mail or something, but I I think I'm going to stick it's, with it. It's always something that we do. I think I'm going to stick with it. Um, put the Ricoli next. The Sam Adams Ricoli. I like that a lot. I I, I think Greg's probably going to rank it a lot lower. He seemed like he did that was oversweet or something. I really enjoyed it though. I. I it was fascinating, got to taste some interesting things, and um, it's a reduced gluten beer. I just said it two minutes ago, right? I, I, I'd be interested if someone could make an awesome beer without barley. Well, apparently this one has oat malt and rye in it, so it's, I don't know if I'd use the word awesome, but it's a very good beer, which probably doesn't have any barley in it. So, you know, maybe then, maybe I should have looked in front of me before I made that statement. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty complex a lot to look at a lot of aromas to smell um you're not gonna be bored drinking the beer mm. number two i'm gonna put the stone coffee milk stout I like that one that yeah. like that one a lot too had to work out some of the carbonation before it was in my wheelhouse but once i got it there it was 4.2 percent good body good flavors that's that's a that's a go-to session beer right there i think that's a really good yeah one. absolutely and a uh, number one beer is not not a beer. Not a beer at all. It's not a beer. I'm going to do the Angry Orchard Cider. I just thought the flavors in that was really good. It was really neat. Uh, it just hit me well. I thought it was very well done. So Okay. Uh, you're allowed. I mean, this is something we drank. Yeah. And something that they sent us. So yeah. there you go. My rankings are a little bit different than yours. But uh, but also kind of similar. Uh, number five. Yeah, I, I thought the Oats Goats didn't... Uh, didn't hold itself up as high as the other beer. So, uh, the other drinks, I should say, uh, I'm not put it, I'm putting it last and it's, it's a little bit of a hard luck loser, but also it's sort of like there was, a, they could have used more hops in there. I think it could, it could have done something to, to make it less sweet to, to, to hit on that edge. Mm -hmm. The sweetness is where I'm, is where it feels a little cloying to me. So the other ones didn't really have any major flaws. 
And I would say that's sort of a flaw. It's a little mm-hmm. oversweet. Uh, so, yeah, my number four um, is going to be The Mad River, which it kind of pained me because I really liked it. But I just sort of felt that it was... I don't, I don't know. Saying it's a little pat is wrong because if you do something well, I mean, as the Trumer showed us, if you do right. something pat in an amazing way, right, right. then it'll shoot past everything. Uh, it just... it. It was a little. It was. It was. It was almost like it was, both, in the past and being a little wacky with it because it had mm-hmm. so many different hop stuff. So it didn't. You could never quite find the baseline for right. it. So that's, I guess, why it falls to the other ones. The River Horse, I liked a lot. It's going to be number three. Uh, I, I'm a wheat guy. I love wheat ales. So any of them are generally going to rank high. You put wheat in your beer, and it's <laughs> you're kind of guaranteeing, for the most part, that I will put it high up. I just something about them that I love, uh, and a Berliner Weiss, especially, you know, when they're mm-hmm. sour. This was this itself had that interesting kind of jelly donut thing at the mm-hmm. end. Right. There was lots of really interesting things going on here, but the other two things that we had were better. The number two, I'm going with the Angry Orchard, and. It was really good. I liked it a lot. And like you said, I'd pick up a six-pack of this, absolutely. This was really, really good flavors. Lots of, you know, both both the combination of not too complex, but complex enough that you can mm-hmm. analyze it and get stuff out of it. Uh, and interesting and, and really pretty delicious. We yeah, we really liked that a lot. But I'm going to put the Coffee Milk Stout from Stone as my number one beer. I really enjoyed that. I love a sessionable beer that has a lot of flavor to it. I think it, it handled the bitterness with a plum. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we handled the sweetness with a plum, I should say, by applying just the right bitterness. That coffee didn't overpower it like sometimes it can. So, yeah, I was really, really impressed with this stone. All right. Well, I guess that is Crafty Radio for this week. Crafty Radio. <laughs> is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information to find out what we mean by that. Uh, if you would like to contact us, we could uh, you could tweet us mm-hmm. at craftbeerradio, at jeffbearer, at cbrgreg. Uh, email beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, remember, do all your Amazon shopping at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And this is uh, Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper is the Light. The first... Uh, the first rap um, album, I think. So, this is when rapping was just, you rhymed to a beat. It wasn't like... I sit down and